Rule number one, don't slow me down. Rule number two, I'm in charge. Hey, what's rule number one? Party. No, not party. Peanut butter, fuck And welcome to another episode of The Drive-In. I'm your host, Aaron Lopez, and joining me this week, Mr. Nathan Pax. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, when was the last time you were on? Um, It was for Tolkien, whenever that was. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a few months ago. Yeah, a little while ago. So this one a little more lighthearted. Um, I, I laughed, I cried, I did a little bit of everything. I just did a lot of sitting and watching of Tolkien. Yes. So this yes. one was a little, a little better. This week, uh, Nathan and I watched Peanut Butter Falcon. Which, um, if you haven't heard of it, I wouldn't be surprised. It does. It's not getting as much nationalist Been attention. Flying under the radar. Yeah, it's uh, one of those um, kind of Sundance Festival independent films. Sure. Um, yep. It got a lot of attention at South by Southwest in March of earlier this year, and that's where I first caught wind of it. And I've been waiting for it to come out. It came out actually, I think, early August, but just like two weeks ago, it came yeah, around it to kind of. Too, it's been on, not out too long. Yeah, national, um, nationally. Uh, released just a few weeks ago, um, but very excited that I got to see it, and even more excited that someone else wanted to see it so we could talk yeah. about it. So yeah, Nathan sweeped in the, uh, not quite the 11th hour, but over the weekend, he's like, hey, did you have uh, anybody for Peanut Butter Falcon? And I'm like, it's funny you ask, because no. <laughs> so we got him scooped up, and, uh, and here we are. So how you been, though? Um, it's been a couple months. I've been good. I've been good. Um... Getting ready for fall. I'm ready for the summer to be over. Yeah. Um, uh, probably not the same vibe for you. I don't know about you getting back it, into teaching. I'd... I'm 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 enjoying it so far. We had our first full five day week, um, and that was a. It was weird because normally at our school there's at least one or two weird days, or there's a big event at night, or something going on. Sure. It was just a normal nothing going on after school, but five days. I mean, I had auditions for the play, but uh, right. But like nothing, nothing, no parent events, no. School yes. events, just, it was a normal five-day week, so. That's good. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm ready for fall, too. I feel I've already had four pumpkin spiced drinks, <laughs> and it just came out last Tuesday, so. Yep. Um, but you've been playing a lot of gigs lately. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of solo uh, solo gigs around the area. Played uh, Fifth Street a couple times, trying to broaden my horizons a little bit. Yeah. And we went down, uh, was it about two two weeks ago, three weeks, weeks ago? ago it was being, uh, and it was packed. Yeah, it was a good full room. I mean, it, it, it definitely helped. They, didn't they do a collaborate? They released a collaboration that night. Yes, that helped. That helps. But you know, you don't have to say that. You could just say they were all there for you. <laughs> they were, yeah, sure. Everybody's there for you. No, it was awesome. It, it was, was really room. cool. Um, but yeah, so what what drew you to this? Because other than the fact of the fact, you know, you saw that there was nobody on for, yet for the episode. When you saw the trailer for this, or when you heard about this, what drew this movie to you? Um, so, Down Syndrome lead actor, that's not something you see, um, getting that kind of representation. Um, and that, so that's interesting. I've heard a lot of good things. I, like, just hearing about it, people were saying it was good, um, and I tend to like more artsy movies. And Shia LaBeouf, like. <laughs> that, yeah, right there, that's enough for me. Um, pretty much everything that he has been in. Um, for like post Transformers, yes, you know he yeah. he he played the Disney role that you know and the popularity. But af- after he kind of went through his, I don't want to call it a mental breakdown because it wasn't quite that. His he went through his like uh, existential crisis, his yes. acting crisis. Um, right. Then he just kind of flipped it, and everything he's been in since, in it's my opinion, really good. Yeah, really strong. Yes. Um, I'm just waiting for him to, you know, make his way into the MCU because he's. I don't think he will though. I, I don't think he ever will. I don't will. think he's gonna sell out. Uh, no, because it's that's what it is. You know, but, um, but yeah, he's. He, that was one of the things that drew me. I love when he's in these style of movies. Um, and then, like you said, we do have a Down syndrome actor who is actually portraying, you know, a, someone, with, someone with Down syndrome. Um, you know, I always think of how far we've come from Johnny Knoxville's The Ringer, where right. they had one, one or two of the actors actually had. Um, mental disabilities, um, or you know, uh, uh, mentally othered. I don't know yes, what's the. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't want to be on PC, but for the lack of it, they they had some sort of uh, condition, and but then you had like four or five of them were just normal actors who 
give them some credit. They didn't make it just a mockery. They actually tried to. But you've got actors got people that can who, who have these conditions. These conditions. Yeah. So this is really cool. And there's a story behind it. I don't know if you're familiar. story behind the this movie itself was that the directors um, were at a acting camp for, um, for actors with disabilities. And they met this guy, Zach, uh, what's his name here? I wrote it down. Zach uh, Gottsagen. Um, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, who played the lead character, Zach. And they, they met with him and they're like, we want to work with you. You're great. Um, and they pitched this idea to him. He absolutely wanted to work with them. And then they did a $20,000 kind of just quick shoot of something and it got picked up. So fantastic. Uh, I just, I love it. This was, this was a fun movie. Sorry. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So before we get into it though, let's look at the trailers. Um, this was, I I wrote down, I think we're back in Oscar season or getting to be back in Oscar season. Or at least we're seeing a movie that is fit for an Oscar crowd. Exactly. So I got, I had seven as kind of per usual, uh, but, but it was weird because along with all of these like Oscar, big Oscar nod style movies, it started with playing, playing with, with fire. fire. You got playing with fire too. I think yeah. I probably got the same previews as you. I went to so playing with fire, and I'm like, oh my god, really? And I don't know why, because this wasn't for kids. No, there's, I mean, it was a Nickelodeon movie, so it's like I don't know why it's got attached to this. But playing with fire, uh, knives out, hidden life. You mean clue two. Clue 2. <laughs> clue 2. Uh, the clue inning. Uh, so, uh, Hidden Life, Harriet, After the Wedding, Honeyland, and Judy. Yes. All of them? Yep. Cool. So, of those, you're most excited to see Playing With Fire, right? <laughs> Obviously. we start. I started this uh, my podcasting with you with Blockers. Yeah. Which was another I John mean, Cena. John's, John Cena's, he's going to make his way into everyone that you do. <laughs> Somehow. Um, but no. Um, I hadn't seen the preview for Knives Out um, when they were showing that, and I was honestly thinking, like, the entire time, like, are they, like, making another Clue movie? Like... It's, yeah, it really, I mean, okay. <laughs> we know it, we know it is taking away from Clue. Mm-hmm. I like the aspect, though, that it is, um, supp- I mean, like, they're supposed to be doing something, at least they say, they say in the trailer, from what I've heard, um, it's supposed to have this twist that you don't see coming. Sure. Which, I mean, in Clue... Depending on which version, which, version, you watch. which ending you get, <laughs> you wouldn't see it coming. But, but yeah, I mean, absolutely, definitely, it, it feels like Clue too. I, but I'm excited to see it. The, there's good talent in it. Um, I mean, Clue's a fun movie. Yeah, and that kind of movie is good. I like your donuts. Um, the rest of them were kind of just all um, artsy films. Harriet looks really good. Yeah, Harriet looks incredible. I'm excited. So I so I teach a, a unit on Beloved, and yes. this comes out in November. So by the time I teach it in the spring, it may be out already on on like Blu-ray right. or at least digital. So I'd love to show it in class. It just it had that strong vibe of portraying it right. Yeah. Plus uh, Leslie Odom Jr.'s in it, and yes. it looks really good. Yeah, that one looked strong. Um, Judy looked uh, pretty good, I think. Um, mainly because I did not recognize Renee Zellweger she, as. Oh my gosh. She looks Judy phenomenal. Garland. She yeah. was spot on. So the other two after the wedding was thriller, but I I wasn't drawn into it. Yeah, at all Michelle, that much. It, the trailer. Okay, here's what I I gotta back up because I always say, oh, trailers give everything away, but it gave so mu- it gave away enough to say, hey, something's happening, but you have no idea. Right. Like not you you don't know if there's any relationship. I mean, it's it could be really strong. I think I'm gonna need to see a second trailer just to see yes. if the plot is gonna intrigue me. It, it reminded me of there's a John Mulaney bit about uh, Mad Men like previews about how it's all just people looking at each other dramatic looks mm-hmm. and close the door. Yep, and it's kind of like okay, you're not giving there's no substance. It was all just like ooh drama. You got a good cast: Billy Crudup, yeah. um, Michelle Williams, and who was the who the the most? I'm blanking on her name. Um, about. Not Jodie Foster. The other one. I'll have to look it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, After the Wedding looked interesting. Honeyland looked interesting. I love documentaries, but I'm probably never going to go to a theater to see a documentary. I will watch a documentary online. I'll watch it on Netflix. Who? I mean, I will sit and watch them. But I don't know. I just In theaters, I want to have an entertainment. Yes. Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. That's right. That's um, and then Hidden Life looked really good um, to me. This is the one about Nazi Germany. Um, and basically how there were people in Germany who were like, no, we can't yeah. support this. It, it's a good time politically for that movie to come out, I think. 
I it definitely felt like it wasn't talking about Germany, but um, just set in Germany. But yeah, I think it's yeah. They probably had this one for a while, and they're like, oh hey, look, the climate's right. And, Let's... They, and they cast um, that German actor who always plays a Nazi and everything. So yes, that German actor who always plays a Nazi. I can't remember his name. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so it's a, a decent rundown. I'm pretty excited for for most of these. Um, I was not overly thrilled with the summer movies this year. Like, there's a couple good ones. Obviously, we started with Endgame, and that really kind of pushed everything. But it just wasn't wasn't as exciting. Like last year, was so much, and yeah. So I'm actually, I think, once we hit October for the next four or five months, it's gonna be, be pretty some good nice. stuff. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, well, let's get to it. Um, again, if this is the first time you guys have been back in a while, we do have a new format. We don't really do spoiler free summaries. We we're spoiler. We're talking about spoilers from the get go. Um, figure if you have or have not seen Peanut Butter Falcon, you're not going to sit and listen to the first 20 minutes of this, so we're just going to get right to it. Um, but first and foremost, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Please. Uh, before the, before it is gone, go, go see it. Go see it. It's the best movie I've seen all year. I wrote down here. Front. I'll say that up front. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it for the end, but one of the best I'll films of 2019. Oh, yeah. Oh, my oh, God. So it was, <laughs> this was it was funny. Uh, the plot made perfect sense. There were the, the only one hole. I didn't have a plot hole. I had a casting question um, as to why did they include character uh, or an actor like John Bernthal? It wasn't necessary. He didn't say a word. Right. Um, it could have been anybody. Probably could have cost them a lot less to, unless he did it as a favor. Just like wanted to do it. You know. Right but enough. outside of that, I, that was kind of my only question of it. But otherwise, oh, just nearly a flawless movie. It was pretty damn close. So I was going to ask what your what your thoughts were, but uh, made them pretty clear. So why did you like it so much? Um, it was just so heartwarming, um, and genuine, um, going into it, I think I had a little bit of, like, hesitation about how, like, okay, this could come off as, um, shticky mm-hmm. using, uh, actor with Down Syndrome for the gimmick of having an actor with Down Syndrome. Like, taking advantage. Yeah, taking advantage of the situation, of the novelty of that, um... And that's not what it was at all. It was just a story about a kid with Down syndrome. Yeah. Not really a kid. Um, at 22, 23? 22, I think, I think is the age they mm-hmm. said. And the setting was great. It took place, what, in the Outer Banks, North mm-hmm. Carolina. And it just, everything felt good. And it was uplifting and... Yeah, I... I but it, 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 never, it never felt like it was pandering. No, one of the things when I saw the trailer, there, I had the same concerns. I was like, okay, is it gonna be, is it going to lean so much upon the idea that if this kid has again kid, this this man has Down syndrome, is that what it's going to be about? And it it made its way throughout, but it wasn't the focus. You can't ignore it. Like yeah, he's the lead actor. But yeah, but they made they it. Don't, yeah, you said it genuine. It was a genuine portrayal. It's genuine. It's funny. It's got. It just feels like life. It felt like life mm-hmm. in like the best way. Well, and I think all of the characters, um, all, you know, your main three of uh, Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson, and uh, and Zach, um, Gott Sagan, um, they they all portrayed, like you said, a very realistic, genuine aspect of of life. Um, Zach portraying somebody who's been told he can't do things because of how he was born. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Shia's character Tyler going through the just the struggles of, of life in general. He's a very talented, nice person. Um, he knows his way around boats and fishing, but he's he's in an unfortunate situation. Yeah, and his only way out is to you know kind of go the the low road of, of crime. Sure. Um, the movie starts out with him cutting and stealing crab pods pots um, from uh, local, some local fishermen. Yes. Um, and we kind of they and this is what I, I liked about it. Um, they gave us enough throughout the movies to know why he's in the situation he's in without focusing so much of like right. getting all this backstory. There's never any like here is exact. It's never exactly like here's exactly what happened. You get some flashbacks, but they're not like in your face about it. It's just everything felt like it went where it needed to go. Yeah, and John Barenthal, uh plays his uh, his he's older brother. Um, his brother died. We know that early because the, his uh, Tyler's employer um, says, you know, he's looking. Your brother's looking down on you. This isn't what he would want you mm-hmm. to do. Is act this way, and we get these little flashback snippets. Yes. And ultimately, we can we can piece together 
that Shia LaBeouf's character fell asleep at the wheel one night, got into a crash, yes. killed his brother. They had both been out drinking. Yeah. And, yep. and, and so, and the thing is, is they didn't focus too much on that because then it, then it becomes Tyler's struggle. And yeah, it was not about him. And it wasn't. Um, it's about Zach. From the get-go. And, by the, and throughout the entire movie, Tyler wants Zach to, to do what he wants to do. Exactly. He's the most supportive person Zach's probably ever had in his life. Yeah, I, th- I think it was cool because he portrays, he portrays the older brother. Yes. He flips. He, the story becomes, flips on that. Um, but at the same time, he I think he ultimately becomes... Uh, so he becomes the older brother for Zach that uh, his... I don't know. If they had the name. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Well, here, I can find it. Um, let's see here. The cast. Uh, Bernthal's Mark, his older brother, Mark. He got to be the older brother uh, to Zach that Mark was to him. Um, but he gets to see what it's like... To, why it's important for that um, presence to be in your life mm-hmm. um, other than just knowing as himself what it meant to him. Right. So I thought that was, I, I thought that was a really strong portrayal. Um, the trailer gives it, gives us this idea, but I definitely didn't need the, um, the clues uh, because it was pretty obvious, but there's the Mark Twain comparisons as this is a, a retelling of Huck yes. Finn. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, I didn't, notice that until you saying that but it's very yep that tracks um especially with the whole they build a boat and yeah, they float they float, float down, down a river, a river on a raft river, yep um it's very appropriate mm-hmm. um especially as a kind of coming of age story um again for this not kid yeah for i mean someone it's... who's been treated as a kid well, I think it's kind of that. That's that says a lot about kind of how we are. We've been conditioned for the majority of our lives, yes. and how we're trying to get away from that as a society of saying people with mental handicaps are disabilities are younger in in our eyes because they develop a little slower. And I think that every, you know, I, I I even said it too. You know, this kid. I'm like, oh, he's 22. Right. He's a kid to me because he's. What, eight years younger than me, but still at the same time, he's sure he's a man. He's twenty two, um, and that's kind of cool because Tyler does that the entire movie. He's like, "Don't put his shirt on." He's he's twenty two. He can put his right, own he shirt. Can on. Put his own shirt. Like, and that's the thing is, is as a society, we do kind of baby a lot of these these people because mm-hmm. we don't think they can do things on their own. And some can't, but a lot of them can. A lot of them can. Yes. So I thought that that was a really cool portrayal throughout, and I think that that Mark Twain comparison of a coming of age. Um, it's on a different timeline, you know, than others. It's not coming of age at 15 or 16, but it's still coming of age. It's still coming of age, sure. Yeah. sure. All right, so uh, one of the things I wrote down is representation in film. Um, and we, we touched upon that earlier, but um, I kind of wanted to break, not necessarily break away from the movie altogether, but how do you think that Hollywood's been doing with that lately? Because it's, it's a huge issue right now. It's, it is a huge issue. You know, Aladdin went through so many different castings to try to find <laughs> the right people, and it didn't do well. Um, but, you know, not saying it's because of them, but... Um, you know, it, it, that was important to those directors, as it should be. Is we don't need to put white people in every single role. You know, sure. they're out there. The, yeah. These these different minorities. So, what do you think? It's been getting better. Um, I, being conscious of it, I think, is the biggest thing. Um, being aware of the problem is the first step to fixing the problem. And I'm sure there's people who would say it's not a problem at all still. But uh, there's certainly still a long way to go. But um, we are starting to see a lot more movies that are led or even entirely cast with non-white people, which is, I think, a good thing. You had, what, Crazy Rich Asians was a big deal mm-hmm. um, for being a big blockbuster movie that was not about white people at all. Yeah. And it was also, in the same time, not taking advantage of them being Asian. It was just a story that happened mm-hmm. to be about Asians. Not. See, and that's, yeah, you hit it on the head there, is how many times have we seen, oh yeah, it's an all-black cast, but it's a Tyler Perry spoof-style film. Or and you're it's like, 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Or it's something that is like specifically about yeah, well, their race. The Lion King. Right. The Lion King has nothing to do with with people at all, but they made a very big deal of having as many black actors voicing them and good for them yes but because it's coming from africa and I, okay i can see the, the correlations but at the same time it, it's then you're making it about the uh, fact that about you're that. doing that yes because it's not a story about 
about any race. No, it's about, it's about animals. Lions. <laughs> it's about yeah, lions. About lions and, and tigers and bears. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. I, I I love that they're they're doing this. And again, like even this film, it's not about his disability, but his disability is present. Yes, it's present right. throughout. It just is a feature in the movie because he happens to have Down syndrome. So we talked about John Berthold being a big name. I also by the end were another. And I'm a big wrestling fan, so I was kind of uh, to use a wrestling term, marking out quite a bit when mm-hmm. I saw. Jake Robert, Jake Snake Roberts, and then later McFoley showing up. Um, what do you think that does to? Because they didn't use um, Thomas Hayden Church plays Saltwater Redneck, so they didn't have an a, a wrestler a wrestler in every role. The wrestler. But. Um, but what did you think of the inclusion of wrestling in this uh, and in the in the plot, but then wrestlers as actual actors? It makes sense to have the wrestlers be there, even to just do the wrestling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Like, the whole premise of the wrestling in the thing is it's very, like, backwater. It's the dude's backyard has, like, a crappy little ring set up, and it's, they're putting on a wrestling show. Yeah. And, uh, it makes sense to have someone who knows how to wrestle Mm -hmm. be doing that so it looks real. Um, because if it, you get people that aren't doing it real, then... It'll either look fake or people are going to get hurt for yeah. real. Well, I really liked... So, I don't know how familiar you are with Jake Roberts' story, but Jake the Snake basically went through... A, there's an, actually a documentary called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Phenomenal documentary if you guys like wrestling. I really recommend it. I think it is currently on Amazon Prime. Somewhere. It's on one of the streamings. Um, but he's gone through this huge, huge life change. Basically... Uh, was on death's death's door from the amount of alcohol and drugs that he was using, and he's been clean and sober for for quite some time now. Uh, but I love the character he plays because he had to go back to that a bit. He had to go back to the just the the asshole who's he went back to being a heel. Yeah, and it was it was cool because you see him in the, in, in towards the end of the movie where uh, Saltwater Redneck and it's like we had a deal, and he's like you know forget your deal, like this is stupid. You're making a mockery of wrestling yes. just for the. Just for this this boy's dream, mm-hmm. um, and he's like, and now you threw me into it, and he was never really. He never said he was ever saying yes, and, and so I like that they do that, and um, but at the same time, knowing his story, he was probably one of the best people to step into that role. Oh yeah, because you know he was doing it on, on set; he was doing it exactly as needed to be, um, and I think he played the role really well for how small the character really was. I mean, he's very minor, tiny. Um, <laughs> even Mick Foley, Mick Foley didn't need to be there. Like, he wasn't actually wrestling. It was just like, oh, hey, you're here. (laughs) Right. But uh, I loved Church as a saltwater redneck. I thought that was... He did a good job. That was cool. Yes. The little twist where it's like, oh... You had to see it coming where, oh, he's going to be retired and he's not. That's not... That school isn't going to be real. Yes. Because the whole plot is they're searching for the school that is the wrestling school that Saltwater Redneck runs and you know it's not going to be there because it's a movie and no, it's going to be there. He's been watching all of these tapes on VHS and he, for years and years yeah. and in, in this, you know, if you, if you know wrestling, this makes a lot more sense. If you don't, your quick little catch up is that um, many years ago, you know, before WWE, WCW, everything was regional. So you would have people who in the South, there was mid-championship wrestling, um, there was mid-South, I mean, there were All little pockets. Little. Um, and Vince McMahon and his father were in their own region up in New York. So that's why, and that uh, Madison Square Garden is like their, their mecca. So um, you really have a lot of these regionals, and this really had a regional vibe to it. You see like, you know, in the background, the old like promos that they used to cut in front mm-hmm. of a blue screen, whatever it was, or behind a blue screen. Um, so it really had that vibe. So to me, I'm like, oh, this this is a really old tape. Yeah. Um, but what I thought was really cool is not the twist that you saw coming. It's that then he comes back and mm-hmm. is like, yeah, I'll beat this guy for you. Yeah. And it was, and I kind of expected him to to do that when he showed up. Like they start walking away and he, you know, be like, wait, hold on. Yeah. But I think it was even more impactful when they have to tell him saltwater redneck is fake he's not real this isn't going to happen mm-hmm. and he's and, and zach is continuously arguing like no, no, no i've seen it right um that i think that I added the tape oh yeah that added so much no, um, right. yeah he comes up in the corvette and just like peels out it's great if you had a favorite quote of this movie what would it be 
Because there's a, to me there were a lot of them. I kept trying to remember because I'm like, ooh, that was good. And then by the time I think of that, I'm like, oh, there's another one. Um, it's got to be something Zach says because Zach has the best lines. Um, but even when he wasn't speaking, there were so many times where it just his his delayed reaction. You could tell he was thinking about what to say or do, and like just when Shy would walk away, and then he'd wait like ten seconds and then start That's, walking. Like, yeah. It wasn't even just his lines, but yeah. Just the way, his whole character was so good. Um, I'm trying to think of, it's got to be sometime around the, like, when they first have that camp campfire. Mm. Um, there were some really good lines about, like, brotherhood and, oh, like. The good guy, bad guy? Yeah. Man, that stuff was great. Um, yeah, the good guy, bad guy. Says, yeah, because he's like, I'm a bad guy. I'm, I want to be, he starts growling. Yeah. And he's like, why he's are laying. you growling? Why are you doing this? He's like, oh, I'm practicing to be a bad guy because when I become a wrestler, I'm going to be a bad guy. And the, the, it was just heartbreaking as to why, too. And yeah, it's because everyone's told him he's a nobody. Yeah. And I I am so happy that they didn't overdo it, but they included um, him being called a retard. Like, yeah. The first time you hear it, it's just it's like... shocking. Yeah. And then a couple times, he's like, people have told me that. And you're yes. like, that's truthful. Right. It makes... It, it's... In the culture like you and I live in, where we are surrounded by generally PC, mm-hmm. decent people, that's very shocking to hear that. Mm-hmm. But that's the world still, as much as we don't want it. And we hear people call him it. Mm-hmm. He says it. And then I think one of the more poignant times is when uh, Tyler is accusing, um, when they're on the boat with, uh, what's her name? Um, with Starts Eleanor. With Eleanor, yeah. yeah. And she's like along with them for a little while because uh, Zach throws her keys in the water. I want to go home. She's a caretaker, and so she's like, "Fine, I'll just come along for the ride, I guess." And Zach tells Tyler, or Tyler tells Zach to put his head in the water, and he's like, "Why do you call him a retard?" And she's like, "I would never call him uh-huh. a retard." And he's like, "But you do whenever you do this, or whenever you're acting like this, because you're treating him like that." And he feels that whether you are saying it explicitly or not. And that was... That was powerful. Yes. You don't have to say the word to have the meaning behind it still. Yes. That, yeah. Um, I had two. And actually, so the our, our episode, when you hear it, you'll hear I, I put together a little bit from the, the trailer. Um, but my first favorite line is the two rules. And then he's like, okay, what's the first rule? He's like, first rule, don't slow me down. Second, or I'm the boss. Second rule, don't slow me down. He's like, all right, what's the first rule? There's this little pause. He goes, party. <laughs> that was ad-libbed. I was found, it? Yeah, oh when I was looking God. stuff up. It's so funny. He just pauses, party? And he's like, no, not party. Oh. He's like, we'll figure, we'll get it. <laughs> but, and, then, so and then they bring was, it back. They bring later. it later. So, no, I, that was one of my favorites. Um, but then my other one, so that one was in the trailer, so I, I kind of was waiting for where they were going to put it. But the other one was as they're getting ready to cross the river, because Zach can't swim. Sure. Uh, but they're getting ready to cross the river, and so he uses like a garbage bag and pants and he like ties it off so it floats and he can hold on to it. And Zach asks, he's like, am I going to die? And without a beat, Tyler says, well, yeah, you're going to die. Everybody's going to die. It's if they're telling stories about you after you die, that's like, important. Right. And like that was that 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 scene was was a was on the edge of your seat. You're like, it's early in the movie. They're not going to kill anybody. But somebody might get hurt or whatever. Right. But he pulls them in and, you know, they almost get hit by a shrimp boat as they cross the river. And. Uh, Zach comes up to him and he goes, now that's a story to tell. And like that just was one of those things that it was early in their their, their travels, uh, but it really set the, the, the scene up for their relationship. But that was just, you always hear about, yeah, but, you know, it's, does everybody live? Like it was that spin on the not everybody lives line. Yes. And I just thought that was pretty cool. But yeah. yes, that was a good line too. The, the writing for this was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. The script was, was really, really well done. Um, the soundtrack too. Yes. Oh God, I immediately went to iTunes or no, iTunes doesn't exist anymore. Um, the Apple Music Store. Sure. Uh, to say like, okay, do they have it? And they've got the, the the score, but thrown in, they have some of the songs. Gotcha. I was gonna say there was one that caught me off guard because there's a band called the Turnback Troubadours, and they had a song by them that was a cover. Okay. Um, and I, I remember hearing it like, where have I heard this song before? It was like just <laughs> recently. It's not a old song either um and so hearing that was pretty wild but yeah the soundtrack's incredible had a very like fit for the setting yeah i mean it had like because like you'd said it's outer banks we've got like the south but not the traditional south it's It's like like the deep south but it's like the poor swampy yeah 
it's kind of what you would expect in Louisiana, but not, you know, Louis- not, yeah. not the French, you know, sure. attitude with it. It's, um, you know, your swamp, swamp, uh, the swamp south. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, I thought the soundtrack did a really good job of, of bringing it all together, you know, at many different times. Um, okay, so so when I was thinking about it, I can't, I came up with three major themes. But if you were to say, what is the theme of this movie? What hit with you and resonated with you the most? What would it be? Family. Um, and I think they, they mentioned it a couple times, um, I think. But I think family is a very strong influence um, because Zach doesn't have a family. And that's why he is in an old person's home to start because the state put him there because they didn't have anywhere else to put him. Yeah. Um, because somehow he's a burden on society otherwise. And you have Tyler, who his family was his brother, but his brother is dead. And now he's off on his own. And uh, you have Eleanor, who is, um, we find out eventually that she's a widow. Mm-hmm. And a young widow, yes, maybe 25, 26. Widow, I mean, she was... all. And she had been Zach's kind of caretaker and friend. And then them kind of becoming a family of sorts. Mm-hmm. By the end of the movie, especially at the the last scene where mm-hmm. they're driving to Florida, and it's like that's that I think is the biggest thing is that family is not necessarily blood, but there's a line. Um, so early in the movie, that while he's at the old folks' home, um, there's a character who is only in that scene. Uh, a couple with those Brewster and plays Carl. His roommate, yes, the guy who's who is actually supposed to be there, um, but he says fam- friends are the family you choose. Yes, um, which I think is you know I've heard that before, but it just it fit in the moment. Um, you know, of Tyler or not Tyler, uh, Zach doesn't have a family. You know, they left him. They they yeah. didn't want him. Uh, we don't have all of the details, but they're not there. We and don't need the details. His just... his perception is they didn't want him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's yes. I the first things I had down themes. I had three of them. Family was my first yeah. one. Um, it's it's hard to miss out on that. Yeah, you know, it's so front and center. It's there, and I think that by the end, um, however you perceive family in the sense of the movie, you find a way to relate. Um, either you relate to to lost family or finding fr- family through friendship or you know whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. There's a relationship for nearly everyone yes. in that theme. Um, I also found one with acceptance. Sure. Um, because I think that Tyler's character really, ex- he was dealing with the life that he could live and the life that he was dealt. Um, and I think he was trying to find that balance and he was on, like they, they say early on, he's on the lamb, he's on the run because he burns the, the, I guess there's not a whole lot of antagonists in this film, but you do have Carl, or not Carl, um, Duncan, um, yes. the crab guy that yeah. he was stealing from who's... Because it was his brother's crab crabbing license, mm-hmm. and then this guy Duncan has it now. Yeah, yeah and so you, you see him as the the bad guy in this, I guess. But so Tyler's running away, but he doesn't he doesn't need to be do he didn't need to do the things in the first place that caused him to run away. No, um, and I think that was for me him accepting that his role now isn't as important as being this. Um, this guy on you know the run, but he is somebody who really is a good caretaker, is a good person. As him and Zach have that conversation um, about who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, getting some feedback. Um, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? And he's like, "Well, what do you think I am?" And Zach goes, "You're a good guy." And you could tell it touches him because I think he perceives himself as a bad guy. So I think that acceptance of you're not always who you think you are. Um, how others see you is very important. And that's for all three characters. I think that's a really important one. Um, whereas uh, Eleanor, Eleanor has a job and doesn't really have a family. She she's, doesn't have a family. She's I'm sure she has extended family, but she's just as comfortable as the other two to get up and leave. Yep. You know. Um, with that, though, because I was going to ask you, what did you think about the ending? Because um, as we build... you. you it was quick um, from the wrestling match to the end. I think it was maybe five minutes. I was going to say, the, the, the denou- there was like hardly any denouement. Mm-hmm. It's very much like climax end. Yeah. Um, and 
it was odd at first. Like my initial reaction was like that was a little strange how quickly that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I like it. The story was done. Like it didn't need to. It tells you the stuff you need to know. Um, which is Tyler gets hurt. And you get to see these two other people who are, the, at this point, the only two people who care for him um, enough to be in the hospital. Yeah. Um, and then it's Eleanor and Zach driving to Florida, which is where Tyler had said, hey, Eleanor, you want to go to Florida with me? And Zach turns and, like, wakes Tyler up in the back seat, And it's like, oh, he survived. He didn't get killed by getting a tire iron to the side of his head so yeah and that was something too as i was looking and seeing the original script did not have them showing tyler at the end interesting the, the you didn't know you kind of would have felt that based on dakota johnson's reaction in the hospital of crying and then uh, zach getting and walking away that yes. he had died right um but they show him do you think that it was important for him to survive or for i like us to it. know it i like it better um, just from like the the movie wasn't it didn't have to be like heavy at all. There wasn't any reason for it to be heavy. Um, him getting somewhat of a comeuppance for burning down the thing like it makes sense that they finally tracked him down and there was a little bit of drama at the end. The tire iron was a little heavy. It was a lot right in the moment because it's like. You're getting this happy climax yeah. happening of him actually pulling off this move that they said was impossible, and it was ridiculous, but it was hilarious. I think that, so, and yeah, and, and before we keep going with it, I have to touch upon that, because I, I thought it was, I would have believed that he actually picked him up and, like, just tossed, like, like, like a body slam. Yeah. Like, that to me, and maybe that's what happened. I don't know, but he picks up, Zach picks up Jake the Snake who is at least two, maybe three times his size, mm-hmm. and not just throws him, but throws him with such an arc. <laughs> he chucks him. I mean, he chucks him. To me, and I think, and I don't know, like, I, I love metaphor and I love symbolism, and maybe that's how it felt to Zach. Sure. And maybe he did just body slam him. Right. You know, but and maybe he just pushed him and he fell over. I don't know, and that's not what matters, but that was just, it was weird but because of how happy everything was into that climax, I was I was sold on. I was like, mm-hmm. this is kind of funny. This is a little weird. But you know what? Let's yeah, just, just go with it. I'm, on. I'm here for the ride. And then in that moment, Tyler gets it with a tire iron. So, you know. A lot, a lot happened right there at once. And it's kind of like, um, okay. And then it ends. Mm-hmm. And I think it's way more about the journey for me. Yeah, I agree. Because the rest of the movie is so, so good. And I think it didn't need much more. And I I think killing Tyler would have just put a damper on things. Well, it's not supposed to be... He doesn't... Zach doesn't need to overcome the loss of yet another person. Right. Um, he finally has a friend. He finally yes. has that person yes. in his life only to lose it. I think that... It would have been a, it would have been a damper. Would have sucked. But, yeah. So I, I, I am... I was a little thrown off by how quickly it ended... Um, but like you said, the story was over. We saw that they were going to Florida. Yeah. If they were going to try, like, what would have they have done? It would have just been drama about him being in the hospital and some what if. And it's like, we don't need that. We got a couple of scenes of like, okay, this is what happened. And that's all it was. It was more of an epilogue, really. Yeah, it really was. It was more of like a, here's a couple of shots of them in the hospital and here they are driving to Florida. Yeah. I mean, cause it's Tyler's story. All of their stories really were just starting. But the yes. story of the film was over. Yes. And I think that was a good part. Good good, good script writing. And I, I'm very happy that they kept him alive. Yeah, I would have it would have been a I would have had a much lower opinion of this movie had I yeah. died. You know, and I, I can see too and they 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 swerved us a bit because they were looking over, you know, like you've got uh Eleanor looking at Zach and they kinda had they were a little sad, then all of a sudden he reaches in the back, slaps him and he's Got the shit beat out of him. Yeah, he did not yeah. look good in that second we saw him, um, but he's alive. He's so. alive and talking and released from the hospital, so good enough to be good for a while. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm trying something new. I was thinking, I was trying to find different ways to to, to add little segments. Um, 
And, and for this one, more specifically because we're in Oscar season, and I've been hearing all of this uh, buzz around Joaquin Phoenix and, and the Joker, which I'm very excited to see. Um, but they're saying, oh, he's, he's going to win the Oscar. He's better than Ledger. We'll see. We'll see now. We'll see. Pump the brakes. Uh, <laughs> but um, I want to do something, at least, at least for movies that deserve this segment, which I think this one does, is the Oscar goes to. Who do you think gave the best performance um, in this movie and why? Oh, Zach, easily. Okay. Lead. That he like, he could get a lead actor. Not at least a nomination. I think so. Like easily. It really um, depends what comes out between because we're now just in the start of yes. the season. It really depends on what comes out between now and then. But but right now that he he was so good, um, and he was funny without it being like pandering. Like it was genuinely funny, and he had such good time like his delivery on all his lines was really good um and like honestly i could see him getting a best best actor on he needs a not at least the at nomination at least a nomination you know they they nominate like six seven people nowadays sure that that would go so far in so many different avenues it, he was so good and it wasn't it wasn't just any movie sundance you know indie films do get some of this attention right and it's got a it's got a good cast you know it didn't make much money but that doesn't seem to go against the oscars like yeah, they don't no, care the oscars about don't give a crap about money anymore um so i mean i i would love to see an, at least a nomination who knows if he wins it i have to see more movies right now sure. he's the lead but i don't have a huge list right, but yeah. um Oh, absolutely. My, I, that, that's my obvious one. Yes. My second one goes to um, Thomas Hayden Church, um, the saltwater redneck. Yep. Because I think that for how small he'd be, he doesn't get the best, the lead performance. He gets no, a support. He'd get a supporting. But um, throughout the, what he meant, and I, the reason why I look at this is I look at um, like Alan Arkin in Little Miss Sunshine. He wasn't in the movie much, um, but what he represented to all the characters, specifically mm-hmm. the... Um, Abigail Breslin's character yeah. um, is very similar to me. I see a lot of, of correlation as to that was the driving force behind Zach's journey. Um, and then having a bit of a, a character arc for himself saying like, no, because that's the life of wrestlers nowadays. Yeah. You know, if, if they were around in the 70s and 80s, they're probably sli- living in a shack. Yeah, they're you know? in a trailer somewhere. And how he played that and then not only coming back and being exciting for Zach, but then um, being so excited for him in the like the barn, that little sequence mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, are you ready? He was just as nervous for him as he was for yep. you know, for everything. Um, so I, I thought he did a phenomenal job. Um, I thought everybody did, but um, I, I I had to have a backup because I'm like, I can't just both say Zach. Yeah, he his very clearly was just oh, phenomenal. So good. You know, I absolutely love that. I want to know how much of it was scripted and how much of it they just let him do his thing for a couple mm-hmm. things. Because finding out the party line was ad lib. Now I'm curious, right? Because there was a sequence um, after he throws the the keys into the, the ocean and he starts dancing. <laughs> yep, he does that a couple times. He just starts dancing. He just starts, yep, he moves. and I'm like, it's just it's it's funny because it's real and it's it's innocent. Yeah, and like there were t- a couple times where I'm like, I had to check myself and think. Why am I laughing? Oh, yeah. I had the same reaction. It's like, like, is this funny? Be- but it's it's just, he's funny. He is funny. You know, just as he, he was a little smart-ass guy. Like, mm-hmm. And I think that's that's why I like the character so much is yeah. because I didn't, like we have said before, I didn't feel like they were pandering. Yep. It was very clear that he was just being himself. Um, hell, his name is Zach. Yep. And the character's name is Zach. Yep. Um, and so, you know, this is, it was just a fun, fun, fun story. Very well done. Um portrayal by uh, by zach um okay we need to come up with a five out of five what um or one not one to five um what what is our what is our ranking scale this time because i'm trying to think like you got a few things you could say but like parties parties is good parties one to five parties one to five uh I mean, Peanut Butter Falcons are kind of, but I don't know if you can use the title. It's like saying what's the definition and using the word in the definition. Blind priests. <laughs> or blind, uh, oh, we didn't friends. even talk about that guy. <laughs> he, he was a, a weird... Oh, yeah. Okay, speaking of, before we go to this. So, 
when they're recapping, that was one of my favorite parts where they're recapping to Eleanor what happened to them on the way. They're like, oh yeah, we did this. Oh, remember that time we got shot at? <laughs> He's like, yeah, we got yeah, shot we at. Shot at. Yeah, that's a thing. Because yeah. it's like almost like even like Tyler forgot in that moment. He's like, yeah, oh my god, we did get shot at. So no, that that whole sequence is pretty funny, and and it almost kind of had an Odyssey moment moment to it. Like it did with the blind and like the uh, the prophets and kind of. Yep. But, um, you could say uh, one to five rafts. No, it's lame. Yeah. Watermelon helmets. That's not a bad one. I've got it. One to five wishes. I like that. And we're gonna we're not gonna tell you why because if you haven't I seen like the movie, it. you need to go see. I like it. That's because that's that one hits. Like if you it. if you you gotta go see it. So okay, so uh, one to five wishes and kind of final thoughts and, and rating. Oh, it's five. <laughs> like, if I wasn't a cool, like, like, what are you waiting on? We already established. It's five. I said, I said up front. It's the best movie I've seen all year. Oh, it's so good. So, so final thoughts though. Um, Prove to the people who sat through all this that they need to go see this movie. I so far this year, like, haven't had something like. I've had that it was so genuinely happy and joyful um, and uplifting in such like a kind of cruddy year so far. Yeah. Um, And it was so, so warm and genuine and just go see it for Zach. Yeah. Because this kid's really good. (laughs) Uh, Like, I what like, it's not a joke that it's I'm saying I think he deserves a best actor nod like he was really good he was really impressive um it's the quickest one and a half hours I've ever sat through yeah I can agree to that I, I haven't I haven't left a movie theater in a long time being like wow it's over already mm-hmm. and it happened in this movie I was like wow so I'm looking through from when things were released to see what what movies that I've seen this year. And the first one of this year was Aquaman in, in January. Um, and going from there, which was episode 52, to now we're on 77. So would that, what would that be? 26 movies? Yep. 26 movies that I've seen this year, at least for the... I, trust me, I've watched more than that. But for the, the re- recording of, of this podcast, nothing even comes close to to this film um the only other one that i can even see is having credibility for the sake of art and good film would be us which was very very strong as well but in a very different way um you know being i was a i was a huge huge uh supporter lover of endgame completely different i mean it's it's just i liked endgame this movie makes you want to go out and do something good. Yeah, it, it has it has the the element of not just because there's people with with disabilities in it that that Zach's story is is its own thing, but it's how everybody reacts to him and each other. And you're like, like you said, it's been a kind of a shitty year and a lot of things. I mean, we we both live in Dayton, and you're just down the road. Um, you know, we, we had everybody I'm sure has heard of the, the shooting that happened in Oregon district. Um, there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now. And movie like this kind of reminds you that there's some, there's light. Gave me hope. It really did. Um, so very clearly, obviously I'm also giving it five out of five wishes. Um, I walked out of it. I called Jordan and I said, that was the best movie I've seen all year. First thing. I, I told my girlfriend the same. I was like, that's, yep. We gotta go see this. It's just... I'm taking you to see this. It's so good. Go see it. If you haven't seen it, and by the time you can see it, it's at, it's not uh, in theaters anymore, mark your calendar for when it comes out digitally, because right. you need to sit and it's, you need to spend about an hour and a half watching this. Yeah, it's worth it. So, um, so yeah, we'll leave it at that. I'm going to record something later. I don't want to 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 kind of dampen the, the moment by saying, hey, next week, blah, blah, blah. You'll find out in a few minutes what's coming next week. Um, Nathan, thanks for coming on. Thank you yeah, for thank you. Get, allowing me, because I don't know if I would have seen it had I not gotten somebody. And I was looking, and I was like, I want to go see this. And every time I said it, I'm like, everybody's like, what's Peanut Butter Falcon? It sounds <laughs> stupid. I was like, I know it sounds stupid, but it looks really good. So thank you for, uh, for giving me an excuse to go and see this, because yeah, this was same. awesome.
It's like a yes. hell of a movie. Um, when's your next gig? When Do you have anything on the books? My next gig coming up is September 12th. All right, so this is gonna this is gonna come out um, on the in the fifth. Yep. So a week from today, yep. which is the fifth when you're listening to this, because we all know you wait until it comes out. You're itching to <laughs> listen to this. Uh, but if perhaps if you're in the the Dayton region area and you have uh, listened to this before September twelfth, where can they find you? I will be at Fifth Street Brew Pub from seven to nine, playing the acoustic guitar and singing them. Awesome, and I can tell you, he's got some good uh, some covers. That you hear and you're like, I haven't heard that song in forever. <laughs> um, so go check them out um, and uh, and go enjoy some local Dayton brewery as yeah, well. So. Sure. All right. Thanks again, Nathan. Yep. All right. Well, what a great, great interview and discussion with Mr. Nathan Pax there. It's a lot of fun. Really appreciated him coming in, uh, swooping in the last second uh, over the weekend, letting me know that he would love to do Peanut Butter Falcon and uh, see it and review it. So. Really glad he was able to come on. So next week, been looking forward to this one for a long time. Here, we'll give you a little sneak preview. That's right, It Chapter 2. Oh, ever since the first one came out, I've been waiting, waiting for this episode to be able to do it, uh, chapter two. Funny little story, I actually sent to Mike and everybody at Eventide my, uh, my audition tape, my kind of, uh, hey, here's, here's what I want to do, and I did a five-minute review of it, um, chapter one at that point. Um, so really looking forward to that one, none other than Mr. Ben Norsworthy, Kind of our uh, resident guest host, horror film expert, will be on there for that one. But uh, be sure to check that one out. And be sure to check out Peanut Butter Falcon. Fantastic film. Give it its uh, its box office. It may not be in theaters for much longer just because we're starting to uh, see a little bit of turnover. So check it out. And, uh, and yeah, as always, drive home safe.